This is the Ordained Educator Podcast, and I'm your host, Bridget Jackson. For almost three decades, I have lived and loved doing one of the greatest passions on earth, educating. I'm an ordained educator. If you're listening to this podcast, you are destined to do what you're doing too. You are ordained to impact others. Thank you for joining us today. Well, welcome, welcome back, ordained educators. We're so very delighted for this episode in particular. We want you to release the pain and have the power of positivity. Well, we have with us today the phenomenal confidence coach, Thomas Brown. He's an author and a certified extreme execution coach with the world-renowned and number one motivation speaker, Dr. Eric Thomas, a.k.a. E.T., the hip-hop preacher. And we have a candid conversation with Tommy that he likes to be called. He uh, talks about handling his emotions, uh, an incident with therapy. He talks about self-awareness, your proper language to express yourself. Uh, what the effects of COVID is having on us right now. We dive into talking about his faith, his inner knowledge and excuse making. But most of all, we talk a little bit about his book, Motivation and Confidence. And he gives us three dynamic tips. Get your pen and paper, get ready and stay around. And in particular, if you're very cautious, systematic or analytical, You want to listen in because Tommy gives some information and some insight about your behavior tendencies in particular. So here we go. We're going into our interview now with, again, the phenomenal confidence coach, Tommy Brown. Bridget, first, um, thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast. My name is, I've never done this before, so this is going to be a first. I'm usually way in the background, right? My name is Thomas Avance Brown. I'm online known socially as um, a hip-hop artist by Tommy Danger, the Now or Later Man, and I'm also known as a podcaster by the name of Tom Danger, okay? So I have these different facets to me. Um, today, I'll just be Tommy, right? And, oh, okay. and Tommy is Tommy is the coach. So um, coaching came about almost a year now. And just to give a little bit of background info, growing up, I used to have some challenges with my temper and it caused problems in my family and my marriage with my kids and so forth. And believe it or not, how I became a coach was based on one of the most challenging relationships that I've had in my life, which is with my younger daughter. Okay. And When she was away at college, she sent me this clip of this guy who was yelling at these kids in school for misbehaving, okay? And this is the clip of Eric Thomas telling the kids not to be disrespectful because he have other corporations that'll pay him $50,000 and he's there to speak to them for free. And she goes, dad, you remind me of this guy. Now, I don't know (laughs) in what sense she said, because you always, what she was saying was that you always speak positivity into me and people that come into our lives. So it just reminded me, he reminds me of you. And then she started sending me other clips. So that's how I discovered Eric Thomas. Fast forward, my daughter wind up leaving school, moving back home, 
costing us, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> and I was pissed, right? And, you know, she she's a young lady and she wants to do her own thing. She's trying to find her way. And I was so upset. I was like, why don't you just leave, right? And I just wanted her to go. And at that point, I said, man, I felt bad that I allowed my emotions to reach that level with my daughter. And I've been to therapy quite a few times. Mm -hmm. But I said to myself, I need to go back to therapy because I need to have a better handle on my emotions than to go off the deep end like that, telling my little girl that she can just leave, regardless of how rude I may feel as if she may have been behaving. The streets is no place for a lady, period, right? So I tried to seek therapy. And in trying to seek therapy, it was hard to find a therapist. Oh, wow. Right? So I found one online that was through my insurance provider in which they booked me for the wrong type of therapist. They booked me for a psychiatrist, right, okay. who prescribes medicine. So when I got on the, the phone, the first thing she said to me is like, what are your symptoms? What can I prescribe for you? And I'm like, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Right. Wow. And when I went to other therapists before, you know, some of the screening questions they would ask, you know, are you gay? Are you in a gang? And are you on drugs? And I always took so much offense to that because I'm saying, like, are you asking me that question because I'm an African-American male? Like, is that something that you typically ask everyone? And I just personally didn't like that approach when you first go into therapy, because my other therapists, they never asked me that before. Right. It's more or less along the lines of. Do you feel like you want to hurt yourself? Do you feel like you want to hurt others and things like that? You know what I mean? So this one lady, she just rubbed me the wrong way. And um, long story short, so when I got online with this lady, I'm sort of like, all right, here we go again. She's asking me what type of drugs she want to give me. And I don't take medicine beyond my high blood pressure medicine. Besides that, I don't use anything else. So being on social media, because I'm pretty heavy on social media, I kept seeing this guy's videos pop up. He's yelling, he's motivating, let's go, pump life into you, you can be great. And there was one uh, um, ad that said, do you want to know about your superpower? Do you want to know more about yourself? Okay. I said, all right, this seems pretty cool. So this is about a year and a half ago. So I first took the assessment. And back then it was really cheap. It was only like 30 bucks, right? So it was like 30 bucks. You you take the assessment. And back then it was an assessment that was called TTI, right? Okay. So I did the TTI assessment and they actually gave you a copy of it to where you can download it, right? So when I couldn't find a therapist, I said to myself, well, maybe if I go into this coaching thing, I could sort of self-diagnose myself and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, one of the best things that I've ever done because in becoming a coach, you have to be self-aware. I mean, that's, that's the whole purpose and the journey behind it. So I got into this thing and I started doing these calls, I don't know, once a month for training and stuff like that. And they give you materials that you can read slowly but surely, you know, three months later, I became certified. And once I became certified, now they turn the fire up and they say like, okay, you need to get reps in. You have to report for these weekly calls. But then even before the weekly calls, the way we have the main group right now, there were subgroups. And in those subgroups, they had like um, 
it was sort of like besides the uh, like the self-awareness calls that we would do they had like other groups so i would go into these other groups and i would just listen and i would just try to take bits and pieces and self-diagnose like what's going on and a lot of the coaches they would get their reps in by asking questions and then it just helped me to reflect more and it just put things in a particular perspective of how I can make myself better. Okay. And, and better may not be the word. Um, I would say how I could have more control because mm-hmm. there are tendencies that is there. Do I still have a temper? Yes. Do I have better control of it? Yes. Right. So I wouldn't say that I'm better. I just have gained a, a greater self-control because what I've realized is that I work in a job that's very demanding and I've been fortunate to thrive and get promotions. It's very um, stressful, but it never pushed me to the point of emotion. I would only get emotional over the things that I love and cared for, which were my family. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered was my anger came out of not knowing the proper words to use to express myself. So it's almost like you're gasping for air, like you want to say something or like I used to have a speech impediment. So when you're trying to say something and you get stuck on the T's and the P's, like you want that word to come out, but you can't get it out. So it was like I was trying to express to people how I felt, but I didn't know the words to use. And in turn, in, in return, it would be me just breaking something, never putting my hands on anybody, but just. I break a table, I smash a door, punch walls. Yeah. And and you know, I go to work with my knuckles all bruised up and they'd be like, "Wow, I guess you got into a fight over the weekend, you know." <laughs> you like, and, no. You know, no. <laughs> Inanimate and, and, objects. <laughs> right, right. And I never wanted to disclose to people that, you know, I had challenges with my temper. Okay. But I just said to myself, I have been through that time and time again. And I said, it's not fair to me. and It's not fair to my family. I have to do something to fix it. And coaching has helped me to do that. And it's something that I've been with literally every day since a year now. Okay. One full year. So that was my long-winded intro. As well, to that was a good stuff. <laughs> you talked about so much. You talked about again, definitely that self-awareness that you understood. I have to, you know, move past this. And so one of the things that maybe you can help share um with the listeners is that right now, we all, if if we want to be really honest with ourselves, some way or, or another, um, this COVID is affecting us. And so being aware of that is so very, very important. And so you were able to pinpoint it when you went to the expert, but the expert couldn't help you or did not help you in the manner that you needed. Then you were able to do some things, Um, you know, just just again, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? That's awesome to be able to have what I know you said your family, but what else made that just come to the surface? come to the surface as far as wanting to gain self-awareness? Yes. I, for some reason, and I don't know where it comes from, and this is being totally honest, as as a teenager, and you know, I'm from Harlem, 
And a lot of my friends were always into the street life, the fast life, not saying that I'm innocent. Um, But there was always something where I wanted to seek knowledge of self. Okay. And part of that came from growing up with some of my friends who were part of the 5% nation, right? Mm -hmm. 5% nation being a spinoff from the nation of Islam. Okay. And, and, And knowing some of those principles, one of the principles that I was taught as a young man is the 12 jewels of Islam, right? Um, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, all that good stuff, right? Food, clothing, and shelter. Um, freedom. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now, right? But And learning these things, it was sort of like you can be the best man that you want to be if you believe it. And yeah. you have faith. And you have faith. Right. You have faith in the higher power that says you can do so, but you have to at least follow these principles. Yes. So while everyone else, not everyone else, while a lot of guys was going to jail and getting into certain things. And when they came home, suddenly they would be more enlightened. Mm -hmm. Suddenly they they found God and they found a deeper knowledge of self and so forth. And I said to myself. I don't want to go to jail to have to get a knowledge of self. <laughs> exactly. Right? So there used to be a, a bookstore a couple of blocks from my neighborhood. It was a, a bookstore and a health food store. It's called Seven Grains. And I would go there when I worked my summer job, like once a month, and I would buy a book. Okay. And all the books that everybody talked about that they read in prison, I read on my own. Okay. How to Eat to Live. Message to the Black Man, Shaharazad Ali, all these books that I read. So it's sort of like, again, now I'm getting a deeper understanding from a particular perspective of what a man can be when they treat themselves in a particular manner. Yeah. So in, in having that, I just wanted to share that with other people like, yo, we're all from the block, but the block isn't the end of it. This is just the beginning, right? So the cars and and the jewelry that we see, that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? Because that stuff comes and goes. When you truly have that inner knowledge and that self-awareness, even if you lose it all tomorrow, Mm -hmm. if it's meant for you to have, you know how to get it back. Exactly. And, And you're not placing your value into items, it's more in your self-worth. So that's something that I've learned growing up as a young man. Still, apples and oranges in the sense of I still had a temper. I still did not know how to express myself in words. I grew up in a broken home. My dad wasn't there. My mom worked nights. Um, I got into a relationship and married very young, started a family. So I'm, I'm trying to wing it. I'm trying to figure it all out. I don't know. And growing up, Showing my emotion or expressing my emotion was not something that I was taught how to do. I was taught to suppress. If you feel pain, you don't cry. Yes. You don't do that. If those wipe them tears off your face, what's wrong with you? What you crying for? Stop making that noise. Right. You fell down. You, you, you know, like you scrape your knee, like brush it off and keep running. Yeah. You know, and then over time it's, it's a damaging effect because you don't know how to express Right. So to answer your question, I think that 
based on what I've seen in my environment, what I lacked at home, I just always wanted something better for myself. I, I just, I know deep down inside that I can be the best that I can be if I put the work in. And then I think by me putting in that work, I just wanted to share it with other people. And sometimes it comes across as like, oh, well, you can do that because you have a wife or you mm-hmm. can do that because you have discipline. And it's, and it's just people that make excuses, right? It's It's just the fact of, what I've noticed is, especially with Black men, is that a lot of us are afraid of therapy uh-huh. because we are afraid of what we will find out about ourselves that we may not like. Yes. And I would say that's people in general. But yes, yes, there is a stigma there. Um, I have to share that all the time. We open up. I have uh, two. Well, I have five boys. <laughs> okay. I have two biological and I have three that were wedding gifts. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that we share and talk about all the time about expressing that. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I want to share this. <laughs> uh, got my copy of Motivation and Confidence. And uh, actually, it's for my son. Uh, he's 23. But I'm, I stole it so that I can get some tidbits out of it. Let's talk about that. Um, motivation and confidence is so very important. And especially right now, we're, again, in the middle of this pandemic. Um educators that I'm talking to all across the country and everything are, you know, they just all, like you just said, they have these emotions. And, and again, you know, even with that matter of fact, just the other day, I had a, um, I'm in a principal uh, Facebook group. And one of the principals said, I broke down crying in front of my staff. And it was like, and she was feeling bad about it. And it was like, why, you know, you just found out you had a staff member that was killed you know, or died rather from the COVID and stuff. And so it's okay to be emotional, but sometimes in certain, there's stigmas, you know, for men, there's stigma for leaders that, you know, we can't show those emotions and we can't cry. And so we're really trying to support our educators right now. So can you give them some tips and strategies that you have in your book? Uh, What can they do to be better motivated and how can they shore up that confidence? Because we know we need it right now in this virtual world. Okay. The first one that I'm going to recommend is something that a lot of people say that they can't do, and it's meditation, right? A lot of people think that meditation is a very complex, oh, you have to be in a particular position and sit down for hours, and no. Meditation simply is being still Mm -hmm. and breathing. That's it. I recommend anyone try it for at least a minute. If you're just starting out, sit still and just breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. You'll notice that it automatically relaxes your body. And especially when you're in those situations, when you feel yourself getting built up and worked up and you need to bring it down a notch. Okay. Um, Another tip that I would give is it's dependent on the foods that you eat, right? The foods that you eat basically dictate your energy levels, right? Yes. If you eat a particular comfort food, you're not going to feel energized after it. You're going to feel relaxed, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And there are certain foods like something as simple as, did you know that, um, eating apples trigger happiness. Oh, wow. 
Nope. I, I, I believe I eat them because I believe the phrase an apple a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> right. Right. So eating what, what wow. I'm big on is is um, juicing. Right. And if you don't juice, do smoothies. You don't have to get real complicated with it. Just take your, your favorite fruits, throw it in the blender, get some almond milk or some um, silk milk, blend it together, a couple of ice cubes. Keeps your levels right there. Meditation, juicing, and another very, very big one for me is exercising. And with exercising, it doesn't have to be in the gym, working out, sweating 30 minutes. I would recommend simple stretching, three to five minutes, nothing complex. You can just stand wherever you are, stand with your arms over your head. We call this the power position, right? So if you're ever in a situation where you feel as if you're not confident, go into the bathroom. All right. Face face the mirror. Hold your arms up in a Y shape directly in front of you. Again, almost breathing. In through your nose, out through your mouth. And you will, within seconds, feel energized to minimally get through that challenging situation where you need to feel more motivated and confident. Those would be my three gems that I would recommend. Oh, wow. Those were some nuggets too. Golden nuggets, I might add. You, <laughs> you know, we like gold. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Well, let's dig a little bit. Come on. I'm trying to pick you with about this book. Um, what made you write the book? And again, what can you share about confidence in, in uh, particular? Um, what made me write the book is it's actually, it's, a second version to another book that I wrote. So the first book was called Motivation and Confidence, Volume 1, How to Start Your Ideas in Seven Steps. The first book was written because people would always say to me, how do you always start these little side hustles and side businesses? So I wanted to create a framework that people can look at in seven simple steps. It's a very quick read, 30 minutes of what you could do to basically start your idea, right? It's not to say you're going to make a million dollars, but if you're just trying to figure out, like, how do I get it out there? The first book would do that for you. The second book digs a little deeper, and it gets a little bit more personal, and it talks to the people who are in positions where they don't feel like their voices are heard. So if you're in a particular job and job relationship, and you feel like your voice isn't being heard, and you wonder why, there's basically 13 steps that I outline in here of what you can do to basically improve your confidence and stay, and stay motivated. The book is almost written from an autobiographical biographical standpoint about my childhood growing up, being bullied, um, not having nice clothes and people teasing me about my skin complexion and, and my color and walking you through the journey of the steps that I took to overcome it. And and to be honest with you, one of the groundbreaking moments was 10 years old when I was outside (laughs) after school playing with my friends and everybody else had on their school, like their nice school clothes, right? My mom would say, put on your play clothes because I only had like two nice pair of jeans. Mm -hmm. So when I would put on my play clothes, they had like holes in the knees and everything. It was never like was raggedy and my sneakers were like skips and everything. So I would get teased. Okay. 
And, and, and one day I just got tired of being teased. And I just said, you know what? Like I literally screamed at the top of my lungs. I will not be treated like this anymore. Right. And just going off on a tangent a little bit, that's part of my high C, right? So because I was teased, I know that if I put extra care into my appearance, you can't talk about me. Okay. Period. Right. So it's like, I'm going to make sure that everything is flawless until you get a deeper level of self-awareness that is even beyond the clothes, but you can project a certain type of energy to where you walk in any room and people will recognize you as authoritative or at least confident because that's all that it is. And, and confidence is just, in my opinion, owning your truth. Mm-hmm. It's being able to stand in front of people and say, hey, look, I'm not perfect, but I believe in what I believe in. And this is, and this is why. Okay. And I think that's, that's what I pretty much outlined in this book. Um, Mom and dad divorced and um, my granddad was the, was the person that really me and how to shave and taught me how to, um, taught me about cufflinks and, and all this other stuff. And um, it just it just stuck with me. And then in between those pages, I inserted particular quotes so that it it it, it solidifies what I'm saying, right? So it's just different quotes that I put in there. And then it also talks about a little bit of the history of Harlem because I've been in Harlem all my life, and Harlem is um, the home to fashion and, and, and literature. Right. So a lot of artists come from Harlem. So I wanted to make sure that I included some of that information in the book. Yes, yes, yes. Again, um, I was just able to get it and I'm just enjoying it. Like I said, my son uh, had it. He was ready to really dive in. Um, Let's go back for a moment and and talk about you talked about the C. And so for um, the people that are listening that don't know what a C is and we're talking about the disc assessment. You want to elaborate a little bit on what C's, high C's look like? And so if that person is listening, um, how can they benefit from learning more about who they are, getting that self-awareness? And then again, like you just said, building that confidence, but understanding this is how I'm wired. Gotcha. Perfect. So what we call a C in our air coaching is an air traffic controller, okay? The characteristics of the air traffic controller basically sits in the tower alone, but is very detailed and can make sure that everything is in order, very precise, very detailed, okay? So that's the air traffic controller. But we talk about air traffic controller in a natural and adaptive state. Natural is the way you do things when people are not watching you comfortable. Adaptive is once you're being watched, okay? Now, the gift and the curse. So when you are very, very high C, you have a certain level of perfection that you go for. Bridget, I couldn't get on this phone or or this interview unless my lighting was right, right? My my lighting has to be right every time. If the lighting isn't right, it's not going down. It's always. You always (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, So some people may notice that they're perfectionists. And, and what I've noticed in, in, in um, coaching some other seasons is that it also leans toward anxiety. 
right? Because anxiety comes from the unknown. And as the perfectionist, we're trying to bring something as close to as possible that we can make it perfect, but you can never make it perfect. So while it may serve in the correct area, you know, a good thing, but on the flip side, if you don't check yourself to say like, all right, I need to chill out everything. The lighting doesn't have to be perfect, Tommy. I just need to make sure that she can see me. That's good enough. You know, um, that's the way that I would say some people can recognize that. And it's very important for you to understand that because some people may accuse you of saying like, oh, you're a particular way or, oh, um, you have OCD or, oh, you're, you're Mr. or Mrs. Perfect. And I don't think those labels are correct. It's just the fact that I understand who I am. And then you have to take it a step further to try and figure out why you are that particular way as far as that superpower, yeah. right? Because a lot of it comes from things in our childhoods to where, you know, I would get spanked as a child. So my high C comes from, if I do things right, as yeah. close as I can as possible, then I won't be punished, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as you get older and not even older, but as you become more self-aware, you realize that you're not a child anymore. It's okay if it's not a hundred percent, it's okay at 80. Okay. That's totally fine. And your mom and your daddy or your caregivers are not going to spank you. And whoever don't like it, that's their problem. Exactly. Exactly. We're talking about that. You're talking about childhood. Um, let's conclude on this. Let's talk about, um, again, your experience, your expertise, um, definitely uh, being uh, an execution coach. And what what can we tell and share with our educators um, whether they're dealing with children, um, I have some that listen and they teach adults. So no matter what, they're educating, um, whether in a leadership role or actually in a classroom, we're doing it virtual right now. Let's talk to them about um, C, since you were bringing it up and talking about that. And, and you are very good at that, like I say, and, and then you know yourself, but you're also very confident in it. And the reason why I want to bring that up is because my grandson, um, he's six and I'm watching his behaviors and everything now. And I'm like, oh, my God, he is definitely a C. He's definitely, again, what we call the air traffic controller. And so his uh, uh, I had a, a phone call and people were asking about, you know, he's doing this and why is he doing that? And I had to share with them about his wiring. Um, so what can you share with the educators if they're dealing with? Uh, children that are, like I say, C's, where they're very um, cautious. And again, they're very systematic and analytical. What can they do to shore up their practices so that they can make sure that those, uh, whoever they, whatever kind of students they are, they're successful? Gotcha. Um, Educators have a very challenging role, period. It's hard because when you talk about the different personality types, there's still three other personality types that you have to deal with. Yes. And putting it in simple terms, when you're looking at children, I have four children, okay? Um, you want to look at the C. The C is an introvert, right? But you also want to understand extroverts. And when you look at how the introvert and the extrovert like to learn, right? One is more visual. I want to see pictures, colors, sounds. The other person wants to be alone, just give them the information and let them go through it. 
So what's important, what I've learned with children in particular is that you sort of have to give them their leeway to do things their way. It's kind of challenging to chastise a high C because when they're in a particular environment, they may not be doing things the way that we want them to do it in school. Ask them what way do they prefer to receive the information? And it may be something as simple as, you know what, in the class, would you mind, would, do you want to be off in a corner away from everybody, right? Or when you're doing your Zoom call, do you just want to be in a comfortable corner in your, in your house? Sometimes we want, it, we, we want the high C to fit in an extrovert yes. environment. And if, and if we're in an extrovert environment, like my daughter, she's a high C, it makes her nerves bad. And she's like all over the place because it, it's draining to an, to, to an introvert to be in an extrovert room because they don't get their energy from being around people. They get their energy from being with themselves. Yes. So look at those people. So the kids that like the chatter, right? You got to sort of Put the people who like the chatter with the people who like the chatter, and the ones <laughs> right. So <laughs> good, and then the ones who like to sit in their little bubbles. You sort of have to separate them, and especially it's hard with remote learning because there's the variable of home that you don't know, and you're only looking at it through Zoom. So you don't know what distractions they have in the background. You don't know what type of space they're doing their learning and they're studying in to where we may assume that something is wrong, whereas they just need the proper condition for them to do what they need to do. And that's especially for a C. Give us something quiet off in the corner. Let us do it on our own. We'll figure it out. Yes, that's good. Those are some good, good. That's some good advice. I actually have a pen. I'm taking notes. I was writing down you know, ask them the way that they like to uh, receive the information. And and you're right, spot on. I actually did that with my grandson. So he stays with me from Monday through Friday and does his uh, virtual. He's not with me today. Um, He's with his dad today. But I took uh, one of my rooms in my house and I converted it uh, for him into a classroom. And it's absolutely beautiful. So I did flexible seating and all of this so that he could have um, his way, whenever he wanted to. If he wants to sit at the desk, and he sits at the desk. If he want to be laid out on the carpet, he can be on the carpet. I have a high tabletop with um, bar stools, and he can get up higher. Um, I mean, he just—I just made it. It's a lazy boy down there, so it's just like he has a serious environment that he can have and flex when he needs to. Because again, when he gets in that mode where he wants to get it done, oh, he is just so in, and so. Um, that's some really, really good advice. So we appreciate that. We don't want to conclude without asking you, uh, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, how can people buy that phenomenal book that you have out? Uh, tell us a little bit more. So very simply, tomdanger.com, T-O-M-D-A-N-G-E-R.com. Um, the book is there, coaching services are there, um, t-shirts are there, if you just want to say hello through social media handles, Facebook, Twitter, everything is there, TomDanger.com. All right. Well, we definitely got to uh, check that out. We hope that the listeners are going to do that and everything. This has been fabulous and just really, really dynamic. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much for I'm, having I'm me. I'm just really sitting here, literally, it. I got a whole page of notes. 
that I wrote down and took because you were dropping some serious diamonds and some nuggets. So we appreciate your time today. Uh, the ambiance behind you, perfect. <laughs> so you got Thank it. You. Spot on. And uh, we appreciate it. And definitely we want to have you come back on again. This will not be the last time. I'm so gracious and so grateful um, to have been able to be in your company today. So thank you so much. And thank we you so much for having me. To more. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some great golden nuggets out of that with Confidence Coach Tommy. Uh, we want you to make sure that you like and subscribe if you have not already. Share this with a friend. Be generous, especially someone if they're going through Please allow them to listen to this. In addition, in our show notes, you can find all the information on how to contact Tommy Brown as well as how to contact me. We thank you so much for being a valued listener and you have a great day. Remember, coach me and I learn. Challenge me and I grow. Believe in me and I win. You are a winner. I believe in you.